Welcome to episode 17 of the Off Kilter podcast. What you didn't learn in school. Today's episode is with the beautiful Liz from Wild Womb Co. And Liz and I connected firstly via social media. And then I had the pleasure of meeting Liz last weekend in Australia. She came to one of my Training the Female Warrior workshops. And she gracefully accepted my invitation to come on the podcast to talk about all things periods, menstrual cycle, uh, and hormones, hormonal health, uh, fertility awareness. Um, And so I really hope you enjoy this episode today. She's a beautiful soul uh, that has a beautiful story. And we can learn a lot from her journey and she has amazing things to share. So check her out, Wild Womb Co. I really love that name. Uh, When I hear it, it kind of reignites this femininity and this sexuality or this wildness and darkness uh, inside me. Uh, So I hope you enjoy the episode uh, and let's do this. This is the Off Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Burke. Welcome to episode 17 of the Off Kilter podcast. I am with the beautiful Liz from Wild Womb Co. in Newcastle. And Liz and I connected via social media uh, first uh, through John Marsh, who's my friend and my mentor. Uh, He inboxed me one day and said, you need to connect with this girl. She's in Newcastle. She's on the same wavelength as you. Uh, And so I reached out and connected to Liz. uh, And we have a common interest, which is periods (laughs) and the menstrual cycle. Um, So welcome, Liz, to the podcast. Uh, And then we actually physically connected on uh, last Saturday at the workshop that I ran on training with your menstrual cycle. So Liz, normally the way that I do it is we start off with story uh, mm-hmm. and you telling your story. Uh, and like I just uh, said before we hopped on that it doesn't have to be like at the start, like once upon a time, um, but So the podcast is really about uh, like breaking rules, listening to our ovaries uh, and like reigniting that like feminine energy that we have inside of us uh, along with like doing hard directional work. And uh, a lot of the women that I have on the podcast, they have such a powerful story around training or their relationship with their body. So I'm just going to let you start wherever you want in your story. Uh, And I would love if you could just share, yeah, your story about your connection to your body, health, training, wherever you want to go with it. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. (laughs) Um, So my story with connecting to my body 
really started back in high school. Um, when I first got my period, uh, I was 15 and um, my mum was always pretty open, but I still, like when I look back and think about it, I still felt quite like sh uh, ashamed and kind of almost scared and too timid to open up. Um, and as a result of getting my period, I actually uh, had really bad nausea, um, got really bad headaches. I remember I was in class one time and just had to actually like bolt out of the class to go be sick in the bathrooms because it was just really, really bad. Um, and then subsequently I went to a doctor uh, and their um, go-to was the pill, which I know is quite common. <laughs> and knowing what I know now kind of frustrates me. But um, at the time, I mean, I didn't know any better and like a lot of my friends were on the pill and I was like, cool, this seems easy. Um, I actually remember one of my friends saying to me that it was like she loved being on it because she could skip a period over summer and didn't have to worry like about going down to the beach or anything. And I was like, yeah, cool. This sounds great. Um, and then, so yeah, I was on the pill for about a year or so and then started having um, reactions to the synthetic estrogen that was in it. Um, I started getting like varicose veins and stuff all over my legs. So they swapped me over and tried a few other pills. Um, and eventually I ended up on the Implanon. Um, so little, the insert in your arm. And I was on that for seven and a half years in total. So like my whole hormonal contraceptive goes over about 10 years, um, which is insane. But it was um, about a year and a half before I did officially come off. I was going to travel overseas. I was going over to Canada for, um, for uni and I was going to the doctor before I left to get the implant um, changed over. And I actually said to her, I just had this like kind of niggling feeling that this wasn't quite right and I didn't really want to be on it anymore. And I said to the doctor, I was like, is there another option? Like, obviously I'm going to be overseas and away from my partner at the time. Um, so yeah, like it's not really much point in me being on it. And she basically flat out said, if I take this out, you're going to get pregnant. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I just, I didn't know what to say to that. I had, I was like 24 and I was like, uh, this lady doesn't trust me to be like faithful to my partner or something. I don't understand. Yeah. So I, what, like on the other side of the world. Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, so yeah, I left there in tears. I, just I didn't know what to say to her and I felt like she didn't trust me so I couldn't trust myself so I got the implant on changed over um and in hindsight through the studies that I've done what she should have told me and like what I've now learned is that if she had taken that out that day I technically could have ovulated straight away like that does occasionally happen so any like sex that I'd had in the week leading up to having that removed could have then led to a pregnancy, but that's not what she told me. She was just like, yep, you're going to get pregnant. Yeah. So, I was like, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I left there quite disheartened and obviously went away to Canada um, and did my thing and then kind of didn't think of it anymore for another year and a half until I came back to Australia. Um, and yeah, so I'd actually moved down to, to Esperance, if anyone's familiar with where Esperance is. Um, and it's just like a really lovely little community down there. And a lot of people was on the zero waste movement, started coming through it. And everyone 
um, that I met down there kind of had a more holistic approach to life. And so I was getting more into like making my own um, products at home and like paying attention to what I was eating and like mm. getting a lot more exercise and sun and everything. Um, and from there I was like, well, hang on a second. I'm pumping my body through all these like synthetic hormones. <laughs> and at the time as well, actually, I'd started doing um, like personal coaching for my emotional well-being as well. And it was becoming quite apparent to me that like my emotional levels were just kind of flatlining. And I felt like I was just carrying around this fog over my head for so long. Um, so I jumped on Google, actually, as you yeah. know, and like looked up the <laughs> symptoms. I was like, well, can the pill cause like, you know, brain fog, can it cause um, hormonal disruption? Can it cause depression? And like all of these side effects and symptoms came up and I was just gobsmacked that I hadn't been taught any of this when I first went on the pill. You know, the, the doctor tells you, oh, there's like a little information pamphlet in your box, go yeah. read it, which I didn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was just, I was just blown away. And so I just kind of had it in my head that it needed to come out. I was just ready to know. I didn't know who I was without it. I'd been on this for 10 years since high school. I had no idea who I was um, outside of the pill. So when I moved back from Esperance about a month later, I went to my doctor, a different doctor. <laughs> yeah, she had retired, fortunately. <laughs> um, so, and I had a chat to her because I'd also jumped on and obviously I didn't want to be on the hormones anymore. So I needed some sort of alternative. So I jumped on and been researching a whole bunch and I've got a um, background in biomed. So that kind of helped with that. Oh, cool. As well. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I came across fertility awareness. So for if, are you familiar with fertility awareness? I am, but I would love for you to um, explain it and dive yeah. into it. Yeah. Awesome. So I practice the symptothermal method. So fertility awareness is basically tracking your fertility biomarkers and using that to identify when your fertile time is within your cycle. Because contrary to popular belief, we don't ovulate the whole way through the cycle. We're not fertile the whole way through the cycle. <laughs> um, so I track my basal body temperature, which changes and rises after ovulation. I track my cervical fluid, which um, gives me an indication of when my um, fertile window is open and closed. And then I also track cervical position. Um, and I've just started doing LH testing as well, which is really cool. So that tests the luteinizing hormone and gives me an indication of when I'm about to ovulate too. Yeah. So, and how do you do that? So the LH testing is done through just like a little kit. I just bought them on um, Amazon, I think, eBay somewhere, some online. Um, was super cheap so yeah yeah you just test your urine um for the lh levels yeah so it's all been like a really cool learning curve as well because i've been able to learn about my body um but yeah so i went back to the doctor and like spoke to her about this and she was a little bit skeptical as i found most doctors are because they don't get taught about this like it's it's like there's a lot of science coming up in this field, but unfortunately, like the doctors, not not all doctors, but a lot of doctors that I've spoken to, just they don't get taught this information. So the their solution, what they have, is to go on the pill. Um, so she she was pretty good though. She gave me a few printouts and like kind of sent me on my way. And and I've been doing that now for two and a half years successfully, and haven't got pregnant. So and haven't had scares or anything, which is cool. Um, but yeah, so as a, as a side effect of then coming off of the implant, though, I got all of my symptoms back from before I'd gone on. 
So I was playing netball one day and I was just like, no, nah, I've got to leave the court and just ran off to the bathroom because <laughs> I was just feeling so sick and I was just lying there in sweats on the ground with my feet up on the wall um, because it was just like the pain was horrendous. Um, it, it's, it almost sounds like from what I hear from that, it's like your body was on pause for 10 yeah. years. Oh, so we had like, you had a symptom profile and stuff that came up. The pill was given to you and then you were just on it and everything was just paused. And yeah. so then when it's removed, it's like, okay. Yeah, your body can like jump back in there. Yeah. And this is why I'm such a big advocate for people being educated in this space because it's, it's like when we're going through puberty, it can take up to 12 months for our body to actually learn. Like, so for our ovaries to start communicating with our brain and to actually work out what's going on with the, like the release of hormones and being able to ovulate. And, you know, we have like two periods and they're irregular. So the doctor's like, okay, cool, pill. And it's like, we're not giving our body that, that chance to form that connection. So when, yeah, when I came off at it, 20, I think it was 25 by this point, um, my body's like, well, I don't know how to talk between the two. So. Yeah, yeah. it has to start that communication again. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, we, we, well, one, we're not taught this stuff in school. And I love that on your uh, Instagram <laughs> profile, the bottom one uh, is the stuff that you didn't learn in school. Yeah. And I just think that is such a powerful sentence mm. because uh, I can't remember. I can never mm. remember being taught about it. I can remember being told that at, you know, X age or yeah. between this age and this age, you'll get your period. Yeah. And it was just like, it's a thing that you need to get to eventually be able to have a baby. Like that was it. Yeah. Um, we were never, we never dived into actually what's going on. Um, and so then the fix was if something's wrong, Hey, we have this cool drug now that yeah. can actually control everything. Um, talk to me a little bit about like, in the 10 years that you were on it, was your body sending you messages to tell you that something wasn't quite right? Or did the pill just completely dull everything? Um, I feel like it did dull a lot because honestly, I, and I, like, I actually felt quite disconnected from my body at the end of it because I just hadn't been listening to my body for so long. Um, and especially with the Implanon, I mean, the Implanon's different for each person, but I um, would go like months without getting a period, which is what I thought was a regular period at the time. Um, and then like would get it every second week. Um, so then actually, I actually got put on the pill whilst I was on the Implanon to start to regulate that as well, which is quite a common practice. Um, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So they just double it up. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember, like I never had any practices that I was taught or anything to be able to connect into my body. So yeah, I don't, like if my body was sending me signals, I wasn't really listening. It wasn't until like I actually started paying attention to understanding what my body was saying and actually kind of reconnecting to myself through that like emotional well-being training I was doing that I was like, oh, well, my body's actually trying to talk to me like something's not right. I actually can trust my intuition. It's not just what everyone externally is saying to me. 
Yeah. yeah. So you, it kind of came through, uh, like not feeling quite right. Yeah. Like through the mind, uh, the body yeah. really didn't speak powerfully to you to say what you're doing is not working to me. Like is not working. Is that correct? Is that like, yeah, I mean, well, my body probably was. I just wasn't yeah. listening. Okay. So, yeah. 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 Do you think it's because you didn't really understand it or you didn't know that there was any other way? Uh, um, both. Yeah. I didn't know that there was any other option. Like, everyone I knew was kind of just on hormonal contraceptive as far as I was aware. And that's yeah. also another issue. Like, we don't necessarily talk about these things as friends. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, I wasn't. I wasn't really taught about my body. I mean, it's funny actually because, you know, studying biomed and, and like biology and human biology, like you get taught all these underlying concepts and then you kind of almost forget to apply that to self, um, which is something that I've, I've learned now. But, um, yeah, yeah, like I'm – oh, sorry. No, I'm just going to say it's hard because if, like, everyone's doing one thing, it seems like it's the right thing to do. Yeah, Especially yeah. if we're not – um, like deliver the information and the options. And yeah. so like I work with some women, they're on the, they're on the pill and like, mm. that's their choice. And I already really empower them yeah. to like live in choice, but they need to have all the information and we're not given all the information. Yeah. And so that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I actually yeah. went on a little rant about this on Instagram. Yeah. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So then we feel like, okay, so everyone's doing it. All my yeah. friends are doing it. Cause often most of us like will start, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in high school is uh, pretty much, you know, within 12 months of us yeah. probably starting to menstruate. Um, like I've never been on the pill, mm -hmm. um, ever. Uh, and people will always look at me weird. Like if they yeah. find that out, they yeah. are, well, one, they're very curious, but two, it's almost there's like this, this part, like judgment part. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a very strange conversation to enter yeah. in. They're very curious about, well then how, why don't you get pregnant or yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. You have to use a condom or like, it's just like, they, they're curious. So they ask loads of questions, but yeah. it's just not normal to them. Yeah. Um, and I'm like you, I just had to figure it out on my own. Like yeah. I was always really quite connected to my body and I just knew that I just didn't want to be on, be on this thing that everyone else was on. Yeah. Uh, but all my friends were on it and have, had been on it for, you know, 10, 15, some even 20 years yeah. before they had babies. Um, but yeah, it's a, it can be a very um, hot red topic. Mm. <laughs> Well, it's, it's interesting too, and it blows my mind that now it's it's not the norm to um, like not be on the pill. Yeah, like <laughs> there's so much disconnect there. It's yeah, but I think it's so powerful when you speak about like the there's another way. Yeah, uh, which is yeah. this this tracking and this, and I think what's so powerful about that is that it's such a great tool to connect to your own body and build trust with it. Yeah, because. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I've found for myself um, and why I now do what I do is I gain so much confidence for myself. The trust I now have in myself, like I was so used to trusting everything externally for myself, like from myself, sorry, and um, 
like I, I got to the point where I just wasn't taking responsibility for anything either. Um, so it was like impacting on a lot of my life. Um, but now that I've been able to understand myself and actually trust my judgments myself, like that's been a game changer and I can give myself so much more like appreciation and love now. And I just want other women to be able to experience that as well. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, talk to me what it was like when you made the transition mm-hmm. off, so yeah. off the pill and started to like enter this world, which is like the tracking and not being on it. Um, both sides. So let's talk about like the physical side, what actually happened and then more the, the mental, emotional side. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm, I did a little bit of research before I came off as well. So I was trying to get my body ready, which I do recommend if like, that's what people are looking to doing because yeah. the pill can deplete so many nutrients and just affect our body in so many different ways. Um, I was quite fortunate, obviously the Impanon doesn't have any of like the synthetic estrogen. So it's only the progestin based. Um, so I think that kind of helped in terms of like, I got my period back within the first month. And I know some women have like so many issues around getting their periods back. So I was quite fortunate in that regards. And also because I'd set my, my body up, but as what I said, what do you mean by that? So when you say I got my body ready, what does that, that mean? Um, so for me, that was, that was literally just focusing on like what I was eating. So I yeah. had a big, like, um, like I was doing a lot with nutrition um, exercise. Um, I, I, I actually started like practicing tracking before I came off as well, like in the, in the like two weeks leading up. So I think also having that intention around, like, I think just because I was, um, directing that intention towards my womb space. And (laughs) I think it just, I think it helped a lot. Um, but yeah, nutritionally as well, uh, working on like eating a lot of like leafy greens and like boosting up the the vitamins and everything so that I was making sure that my body could actually like help process all of the synthetic crap and start actually producing my own. Um, and, and as I said, like that was a time when I had started making a lot of my own products. So I was removing a lot of like all the, the toxins and chemicals from my home with like cleaning products and beauty products. And so I think that made a difference too. Um, Cause that can have a huge impact. Like, I think it's like over 500 products or something stupid that women put on there, like diff- 500 different products that women put on their skin each day. And yeah. our skin is the largest organ in our body and it's super absorbent. Um, so yeah, I think those all made a big difference um, in terms of physically. But yeah, as I said, like I did get all of that, that pain and the nausea and like all of the cramping came back with that. And then that I've healed through just continuation of doing the same thing pretty much so like focusing on nutrition um cutting out dairy was a big one for me and I've kind of started implementing that back in but I I noticed like if I've had too much dairy during my cycle like I'll get really bad cramping um yeah it's yeah 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 dairy is a big one so um yeah that those are like the main main things so you got all the physical symptoms back (laughs) yes Yeah. yeah How did the mind go with that? Did it go back to really just wanting to be back on the pill or were you like in the space to know that, okay, like this is my plan. This is like what I value. And no matter what, I'm just going to just figure it out along the way. Yeah. That was pretty much what my mindset was. And also like through the reading that I'd done, I knew that it could take 
like at least after three months, um, like kind of as a minimum, because, you know, it takes 100 days for our follicles to develop. So three months is a pretty standard guideline. So I was like, I've got to at least give it that amount of time to kind of start to work itself out. And by that point, I was like, all of the research I was doing was just raising so many red flags for me that I was like, I'm not going back on the pill. Like that is not an option for me. I can get to the, there's obviously something going on underneath. So I need to actually work out what that is rather than just putting a bandaid on. Um, Because I knew it as well at some point, like I'm going to want to have kids at some point and I want my body to be as ready as it possibly can for when I decide to do that. Yeah. And it didn't feel ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they, they came up and then just through like your awareness, your nutrition, just being kinder to your body and just create like, just allowing space and consistency in what you were doing. Eventually the physical symptoms went away. Yeah. 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 And uh, like they, they minimized over time and then for now, and I think as well, I've switched from that mindset of looking at my period as like this inconvenience to, I actually really love getting my period now. And yeah. people, some people are still so amazed when I say that. I'm like, oh, my period is amazing. Because it's, yeah. it's like my monthly report card. It yeah. tells me what's been going on with my hormones from the previous cycle. It's telling me whether or not my body is functioning correctly. Um, and it's just a really beautiful, beautiful way to, to get um, back in, in contact with my body. Um, yeah, and actually, I love that monthly report card. Yeah. Like no, it is. Yeah. No, no one cycle is exactly the same because yeah. of what happens in our life. So exactly. life is stressful. We might not sleep as well. Our nutrition might be a bit off. There's so our relationship, something, something's happening. And so yeah. when you get to that five to seven days before the period, your body's speaking to you. Yeah. And if you cruise on through and everything's like, you know, great. And there's no like symptomology. There's no pain. There's no whatever. You have a normal bleed and you like your energy's great. It's telling you that you're doing a good, like things are yeah. good. Yeah. Like you're healthy and balanced. And, but if there's stuff like, and this is another thing that so many women think PMS is normal. Yes. That, oh yes, I have like PMS again, or like I have, you know, anxiety or craving for the month. Yeah, that language around yeah. it is like, well, no, that's actually not normal. Mm. <laughs> like your body's speaking it's, to you. Something yeah. is going on because most of, like, most of my periods are beautiful and I celebrate them and I love mm-hmm. them and it's not an inconvenience and it's telling me that my body is in harmony and it's balanced and it's happy. But no no one really feels that Mm. (laughs) which is like it's hard to to, when you when you know that like you know you can celebrate it and it it feels good that to tell someone who just really suffers pm like pms symptoms that will just won't believe you (laughs) and um and i mean that's the way that we're brought up as well so i think it it does come down to being taught from an early age and we can change our mindset about it um um, and I mean, if you're, if you're having debilitating, debilitating pain, like there's obviously something going on. So I would recommend seeing someone about that. Um, but even through that, you can kind of look at it as a way that my body knows how to talk to me. Like this is my body giving me 
signs. Yes, it may be shit <laughs> and you may be in pain, but like that's, I mean, even just that small kind of change, like that's giving yourself permission to actually feel into that and actually then your body is like, oh, she is listening to me. And that might actually dull some of some of that as well because you're like, okay, my body's listening to me. Like it doesn't need to actually yell as loud to get my attention kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so what would you, because when we talk about like listening and like creating awareness and understanding to a lot of females, it's very foreign. They yeah. don't even know how to like how to start or what they're actually looking for or listening for. So what do you normally tell uh, the women that you work with or what did you, um, I guess, go through yourself to yeah. actually create that lever, that connection? Mm -hmm. Um, so I actually teach almost kind of the opposite to how I personally learned because I yeah. came at it from a very like logical, like science driven, I don't want to get pregnant. That's like, that's how I first started. And it, it definitely was so beneficial that I was doing the emotional wellbeing work on the side. Um, because that I've now realized tied in quite nicely with shifting that perception. So that's actually what I teach women to do first is to shift that perception and my biggest go-to for doing that is to start journaling so to actually start tapping in each day and going how do I feel today like how do I feel physically how do I feel mentally like what are my emotions doing how am I reacting to all the people around me because I mean it's normal to go through those fluctuations too you don't have to feel the same every day which is another big misconception that we're all taught um but I'll have days where I just don't want to deal with my partner like I need to set boundaries for myself and know that I need alone time and that's totally valid um and that's when I start actually having things come up in like the week leading up to my period if I'm not setting those boundaries for myself and if I'm not giving myself the space to actually like just have alone time then that's when I start getting a bit snippy um <laughs> so journaling is like my number one go-to for that and then um, if people want to start actually getting in, more in tune with their body, more understanding that that's when like you can start tracking your um, body temperature and like cervical fluid and maybe specific symptoms. So like I've been doing this for over two and a half years now and I, I've um, over that time I've started kind of tracking different things that come up like things um, like what kind of movies I like during different times. Like yeah. I'm so much more leaning towards rom-com <laughs> movies in like the week leading up to my period. And like that, like those are just fun little things, but the main ones I do recommend starting out with is like that physical well-being, how you feel in your body. And that takes practice as well. Cause I mean, if you're not taught how to sit and actually listen, um, that's where meditation can be such a beautiful practice to actually just sit and go, how do I feel today? And actually, yeah, just practice listening to your body that way. So yeah, physical, emotional, mental, um, like relationships with like nature, people around you. So yeah. Yeah. Those are my go-to. Okay. So it's like the science is cool to know and it's important, but definitely really where it's powerful to start is this journaling practice yes. because well, no two cycles are the same and yeah. no two. Yeah. So if they start journaling, you can yeah. see patterns and yes. with the yeah. patterns, you can see how the body's speaking to them, the messages that's, uh, that it's giving them. And then from there, it gives yeah. direction. Like it allows them to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then if stuff comes up, 
that's when we can lean into to getting support. Like if, you know, a particular pattern or a message keeps coming up, that's the, your body's telling you something. So that just gives us direction to focus on, yeah. on that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think, um, I think like this isn't to say don't start tracking either. I think that's a beautiful practice, but I do find people can get like overwhelmed with how much information there is. So even if you just start, like like just journaling words for like a month and then you can kind of introduce maybe like tracking cervical fluid or something like that. Um, yeah. Just build it up incrementally. So yeah, slowly. Uh, but yeah, it's funny cause we bring in this whole like squishy, squishy schedules. Like I don't have time, but we always have to come back to like, you know, how important, yeah. How important. Yeah. Like how, if it's a priority, we find time. Yes, yeah, we yeah. find time for things that, you know, that we want to do, we like doing that bring us, you know, gratitude or joy or, and this to me is like, it really is a non-negotiable. Like yeah. if you want to, you know, feel energized, reignite your sexuality, like have better sex, better mm. orgasms, get more out of your training, more out of your yeah. relationships. Like we can look at that side of it because that's like the fun side of it. Yeah. yeah. And if you yeah. want all that stuff and who doesn't want all that stuff, like this is like, it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Like you need to understand like our most important cycle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I um, a big thing I like remind myself of, especially in the beginning was like, if I'm saying I don't have enough time, what, like, what is that telling my body? Like, I don't have enough time for myself. I'm not making myself a priority. And that like, just saying those words to myself, like, okay, I'm not, I don't want to make myself a priority like that. Switch that. I was like, well, shit. I do want to, sorry, am I allowed to swear on you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do want to make myself a priority. So I need yeah. to actually be allocating the time to do this. So whether you do that like five minutes in the morning or like five minutes before you go to bed, I've got a journal next to my bed, bed um, and my tracking journal as well. So yeah. What's been um, a really big shift for you, like in your relationship to yourself and then your relationship to, it can be other people or me, or maybe your partner. Mm -hmm. So from say Liz before, like Liz through, you know, birth control to yeah. Liz now in the past, like two and a half years, yeah. what, are the, what are some shifts that's happened? Um, well, I think one of the, the biggest ones is how open I am to now speaking about cycles and periods. <laughs> and, and I mean, that also comes down to the fact that I was just amazed that, you know, we weren't taught this in school and I figured it needed to be shouted very loudly and someone had to do it. So why <laughs> might as well just be me? Yeah. <laughs> and there are other, like you're doing amazing things in this space as well. So we just need more, more women and more people really in general. Um, being able to, to break down that barrier and that stigma and talk about it. So that's been a big part of it in terms of for myself. Um, and then in terms of how that's affected my relations, relationships um, externally to me, uh, like having that open communication about my body and about this process that happens has actually kind of enabled like a deeper connection to other people as well. And I've been genuinely amazed by the men in my life and how on board and accepting they've been as well. Um, and I know that's not like going to happen with everyone, but um, even when I first started, 
um, my partner at the time was kind of like, I was very averse like to my own blood. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's, it's icky, it's gross. And I was amazed. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, my partner at the time was like, it's just blood. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Right. Oh, I think I, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that, that has, that has helped a lot too, actually. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a big one. That's a really big one because if yeah. we already think that it's like disgusting yeah. and we're told that it's disgusting yeah. by like, we use hygiene products, we hide yeah. it, like don't let anyone see the tampon or, and oh my God, if like someone might have blood on like their skirt or yeah. then a lot of um, partners find it disgusting. Like they mm-hmm. don't want to have sex with you while you're on your period or they don't even want to like you they don't even want to talk about it and so we're just from such a young age we're told that we have to hide it we can't talk about it it's disgusting I don't want anyone to know that I'm on it um and then what that does to like our intimate relationships um yeah yeah, so uh that's a big one I think that when when you're in this connection with someone and you can create this conversation and this language and it's safe and uh, they get it. <laughs> it's so powerful for your connection. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, going like just a quick side note on menstrual products. I started using a menstrual cup as well. Um, yeah. pretty well, I've probably been using it for about two years now. Um, and that, that was a big game changer for me as well. Um, like even if you're just switching book and cotton or something like that, that can help with the pain. But in terms of using the menstrual cup for me, it was also about then seeing my own blood and yeah. being able to actually like connect with it a little bit more um, yeah. and not view it as this like gross thing that's just coming out of my body. Like it's quite powerful. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's taken time to shift that belief, but I feel like that, that has definitely helped with that as well using the menstrual cup so yeah and I think what's really important to highlight is that it just takes time yes yeah (laughs) time it's not none of like accepting being aware understanding that doesn't happen straight away like like we were just talking about before it can take the body up to a year to Mm. actually get out of the shit storm and the chaos that's being caused by uh like hormonal birth control and then to rebalance to then you can start to connect with it. Um, and so it just takes time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that has been a big one for me. And even, yeah, like I'm still learning stuff now. I'm doing a course at the moment and, and still learning. Stuff yeah. My body. So this journey that you went through personally, it's taking mm-hmm. you into this world through your work. Yeah. 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 Do you want to talk a little bit about like how, yeah, what you, what you're doing now and how you kind of landed in this space? Yeah. Um, well this, it really came up, like I was just doing it, uh, for myself and then I was still really passionate about people being educated in this space because I think we need to make informed choices and we're the ones that are in control of our body. And I do believe that we can work with doctors and with like our health practitioners in that space but at the end of the day we are the ones that need to make those decisions for ourselves and we can't do that if we're not informed so it started initially with just kind of sharing with friends and um then I actually kind of backtracking a little bit I'm originally from Perth and moved over to New South Wales to get into the police force 
Um, and thank you, universe, uh, <laughs> for, for its infinite wisdom. I actually was like pretty much all the way through the process and then ruptured my ACL playing sport. Um, so I had a knee reconstruction and then that, that only happened, that happened December last year. Um, so as a result, I was like, well, okay, I can't do that. What can I do? And then I was like, I'm so passionate about doing this. And I actually remember when I first came to Newcastle, one of my friends said to me, um, like, because I was talking to him about this as well. And he was just like, your whole body changes. Like, you get so passionate when you talk about this. I don't think the police is the right thing for you. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then this all happened. And I was like, oh, well, maybe he has a point. <laughs> so that's yeah it was kind of a um yeah a combination of all of those things but that ultimately led me to this this path of going okay well I'm passionate about this I can share that with other people um how can I best do that so that then led to me opening Wild Room Co and at the moment um it's currently like kind of educational content especially around um, doing journaling and understanding the different phases that we go through, the different seasons. Um, and I know you talk a lot about that as well and link them into the seasons, which is just a beautiful way to kind of connect and understand what's going on in our body. Um, and, yeah, so I just talk about that. And then I'm doing my training at the moment to become accredited to, do, to teach fertility awareness as well, so teach people how to track their cervical fluid and basal body temperature um, because I mean, you can just track it, but to actually understand what your body's telling you and understand like fertile signs and like when your fertile window is and when you know that you've ovulated and that kind of thing takes a little bit more, um, more learning. So, yeah, I like that you say that, like you can get the information and there's so much information out there. Oh, we can Google so much. Mm -hmm. We can hear people's opinions and we can read things. Um, there's like an overabundance, but to actually experience it, feel yeah. it and understand it is a completely different practice, a completely different story. So I like that when you say that, it's like, yep, you can, you know, you can read about it, but to yeah. actually do it, yeah, that's what's going to and I, I know for myself as well, I'm great at reading a whole bunch of stuff. It's like putting it into action and having someone like there to help me do that or just keep me accountable. And actually, like when I was learning all of this, I had so many questions come up and I had people that I could kind of turn to. And obviously having that biomed background helped a lot because I kind of knew a better way to get the answers. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I totally appreciate that people don't necessarily have that. So they need someone like who that they can turn to and ask these questions and know that they're going to have like uh, the right answers basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they can adapt that into how that works for them. Yeah. Often we don't need uh, like the education piece. Yeah. It can be cool, but we really mm. just need someone to like support us. Yes. Uh, yeah. To like give us some tools uh, to maybe bring, you know, some accountability and some energy yeah. and some connection there to help us through, like, you know, whether it's like the cycle stuff or the training or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's nice that we have someone there because yeah. I, yeah, often 
the the teachers that are in spaces never had that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's been a bit of trial and error yeah, yeah. Like, it's taken me 12 years to kind of yeah. learn what i needed to learn and get where i wanted to go so, yeah exactly know, really three years and so yeah. it's so nice that you know we step into a space and we educate but we're really there to help like support yeah <laughs> yeah so you're doing it through Wild Bloom Co., which yeah. is uh, your online platform, and you have a website as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's loads of education and information stuff. Yeah. Um, are you like teaching or working with uh, women in the space? So, yeah, so I'm running workshops, and I've just started my online program actually yesterday, um, which is <gasps> super exciting. So, beautiful. Yeah. Tell us about it. Um, so that one's a five-week program. It is closed for this year, but I am planning on running it again probably mid-next year um, just because I'm finishing my qualifications and as part of that I take practice clients and that kind of thing. So I will also subsequently be running one-on-ones um, next year as well in terms of uh, teaching fertility awareness. And then um, I want to bring in a lot of that uh, emotional well-being aspect into it as well because that was something that I kind of had to work out for myself. It was like, okay, I've got this like science based aspect. Like how can I now bring in, like that's very logic driven. Now I want to bring in more of that like femme intuition kind of side as well. Um, and actually tap into like being able to, you know, set goals and be able to switch up that mindset and perception that we have around our bodies. So. Yeah. What's one way that you tap into your feminine side? Um, my favorite way is womb meditations yeah. and well, actually I've got two dance as well. Dance yeah. I, I just saw a story. On yeah. I often post stories about you were just dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's so powerful. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. I, yeah, I'm a big fan of taking five just mm -hmm. to like dance. Um, yeah. and as you know, I'm a really big fan of like the movement yeah. being a lever to like connect and it doesn't yeah. always have to be this like this hardness or this masculine, but there can be a feminine side if we yeah, know how to tap into kind of like the softness. But I think dance is beautiful for that. Yeah. And it's fun. Oh, definitely. And for all those people who think that they can't dance, just you literally just have to get up and just like flop your body around. It doesn't have to look pretty. It's literally just about getting you out of your head and into your body. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to share or talk about uh, before we go? Um, uh, I'm not sure, actually. I think that's most of what I wanted to share. I think the, the other thing is... I mean, I mentioned this on my social media as well, is just um, keep, like, as we are talking about... Um, you know, there's so much information out there on the web is that just be mindful that like in terms of social media, it's kind of just snippets of information. So yes, like learn that, but I think you also need to have that platform to be able to bring that all together and it can get overwhelming too. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so much out there. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. And yeah in all the worlds yeah. and I so many women aren't just diving into one. They're trying to navigate themselves in the training space, in exactly. the nutrition space, then now in this space. Mm -hmm. And there's like, there's, yeah, so, so much going on. But I think for me, it's like, what's the loudest voice? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the loudest message that's coming up? Um, 
and then that can that can lead you into a into a space in in the training space we often talk about like being a specialist and being a generalist and Mm -hmm. like you can go in and you can specialize in something and learn you know how to just be you know a handstand specialist or a weightlifting specialist but like being a generalist is also important you need to come back and you need to do something different and i think Mm -hmm. it's like when we look at all these worlds it's like we can't do it all in all of them yeah yeah (laughs) But I would say that starting with your hormonal health is probably the most important place to start. Because yeah. just think of it like the bottom of our like pyramid, it's our foundation. Yeah. If they're not right, no matter what we do with our nutrition or our training, we, we just won't be able to like mm. be connected, get results, you know, whatever it is the goal is, is that I, if I was to give anyone an advice, it would be to start with this cycles. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's, um, it's so beautiful because, you know, we're taught, I suppose, like having the pill and everything, um, we're taught that it's kind of this separate part from us, but it's not, it is, it is like so interconnected with everything else that's playing on within our bodies. So it's such a powerful tool. Um, yeah, yeah. that's why I call it our superpower. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's like our superpower that, we yeah don't understand and we can't tap into but when we can oh my god yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, can you imagine a world of women that are tapped into their yeah. cycle like <laughs> <laughs> we run the world yeah, we would take over the world <laughs> yeah yeah um beautiful liz thank you for mm. uh creating space to connect with me and share um just Give everyone your details again so they can find you and be educated. Excellent. Yeah, thanks again for having me on too. This is great. I feel like we could just talk for hours about this. Yeah, we can. (laughs) Um, But my website is wildwombco.com and on Instagram and Facebook, it's wild.wombco. So, yeah, you can check me on Instagram, Facebook and online. And I'm totally open, like, come and just ask me all your questions. I'm more than happy to, to help out. And there's a lot that I don't know as well, but I know a lot of people in this space that I can kind of direct you as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, Liz. Thank you so much. That's all right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Beautiful. If you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at amykatebow. I also write a daily blog you can sign up on my website, amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.